It is Thursday, the, I don't know, what is it? Oh, the 11th day of February, 2021. Uh, Occasionally in life, uh, random shit comes up that you just find puzzling. Which is more or less the impetus for this show. Entirely puzzling, stupid, random, whatever. For some reason, I learned this week that Pam Anderson has been married at least six times and possibly more, as she's been engaged apparently two additional times. Not sure why uh, that came up. I think it's probably because she just got married again. But it made me think. Like, after the third marriage, right, does she stop saying the vows? Because obviously those don't mean shit. I mean, after three or, or even four, what's the point of getting married at all? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why go through all the fucking hassle? She should be more self-aware and realize that it's not going to work, right? Uh, she, she just got married back in December to her bodyguard. At least, uh, at least that guy has a bit more skin in the game at this point, I guess, right? Now she's his boss. And his wife. But hey, isn't that all the same for all of us married guys, right? Waka waka! Mm-hmm. Yep, very funny stuff. Um, But strap in, complainers. Let's get ready for episode 62. The U.S. Route 62 episode. Yep, Uh, another number that uh, doesn't have a viable corresponding athlete. Uh, But here is an opportunity to learn. U.S. Route 62 is the only east-west U.S.-numbered highway that connects Canada to Mexico. Crazy, ain't it? It starts in Niagara Falls, New York, at an intersection with uh, New York Route 140, 2,000 feet, maybe it's 200 feet, from the Rainbow Bridge, which takes all the pets that have died uh, into Canada, where they can run around on farms all over the country. Uh, and then it ends at the Santa Fe Bridge in El Paso, Texas, crossing over the border into the town of Ciudad Juarez. Uh, yeah, in the province of uh, Chihuahua, Mexico. And if you haven't fallen asleep, I'm sure you will soon. Because this is Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I have a, there's a tingling in my trousers and it's not a good one. Sounds good. Let me put on some chapstick real quick. Like a 
Oh my God, what is up? You silly bastards. How about that intro, huh? Uh, That song is a fucking banger. The original song is a banger, but that cover by a young Irish lad by the name of Sean McComish is straight fire. Woof, man. Uh, Came at the recommendation of another Irish gentleman that I follow on the Instagram by the name of Barry J. Hughes. Uh, Barry is usually the Sunday night music entertainment at the Dingle Irish, uh, I'm sorry, the Dingle Whiskey Bar in Dublin. Uh, He was playing uh, Instagram live shows early on in the pandemic, and I enjoy his work. I follow um, Dingle Distillery, and they happen to, you know, post a thing about the, the Dingle Whiskey Bar and um, I don't know, one thing led to another. Now I'm following this weird Irish guy on, on Instagram and I enjoy his music. Uh, ac- acoustic rock covers, Irish ballads, originals, enjoyable stuff. He suggested uh, Mr. McComish. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, earlier this week, and I've listened to that cover at least 100 times now. Good stuff. Free ads all around, fellas. Uh, another free ad, McDonald's. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they're finally bringing back uh, the High Sea Orange Blast drink. It's about time. Uh, back when Fat Dave ate anything and everything, that was that was pure shit. That stuff was a big part of the lunchtime diet. Probably why my teeth are so you know fucking shitty, pure garbage. So yeah, but anyways, free ad McDonald's. There you go. Unless you want to pay for it, that'll be $18,000. So last week, a uh, very sportsy episode. I didn't want to have a repeat, but that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, I have to talk about the Super Bowl. And um, side note, little little back of the house note for you. I really, really hoped to have a real-life, dyed-in-the-wool, creamsicle-colored, long-time, long-suffering Bucks fan on the show to talk about it. But you let us down, Greg. You let us down. He won't hear this, but still. You let us fucking down, Greg. I'm sure it hurts. Actually, it probably doesn't. And why would it? Is a fuck. Um, so now I have to go it alone, I suppose. Uh, big thanks uh, to associate producer Dave for trying to get that together. Thank you, Dave. <clears throat> uh, first of all, that game sucked. That's a fact. Uh, for the neutral observer, it wasn't at all entertaining. It was basically over by halftime. Uh, I think I speak for most everyone. When I say that I didn't see uh, that shitty Kansas City offense coming, I really thought they would play much, much better than that. If you saw my uh, Instagram post, one of my Instagram stories, at uh, ComplaintsPod on Instagram, you would have seen me Monday, Monday morning with uh, wonderful hair, letting the world know that I, I bet on the chefs. Um, <clears throat> but I also didn't see Tampa Bay playing 
defense like that. But holy shit. I mean, in hindsight, uh, really should have seen that coming. Maybe not, but whatever. Uh, the Bucks played it right. Pressured uh, four guys, the occasional fifth off the edge to take advantage of the porous chef's offensive line. It allowed them to keep six to seven guys in coverage to take Tyreek Hill out, giving Travis Kelsey some room underneath, but he wasn't able to break anything because they had two, sa- two deep safeties the whole time. Uh, I would imagine that keeping uh, Pat Mahomes moving was part of the plan, given that he had a turf toe injury. Turf toe. Do we really need to call it turf toe? It's 2021. Let's move on from artificial turf. Maybe call it Astro Toe, because it's funny, or it is to me. Or, let's call it what it actually is, a metatarsophalangeal sprain, or for those of you that aren't as verbally gifted as I, an MTP sprain. Turf Toe sounds so 1970s, let's move on. Anyways, uh, Mahomes had one of those. <clears throat> and the Bucks obviously wanted to aggravate that injury all day. They did a good job of it. I read a stat. I don't know how the fuck anybody figured this out, but I read something that uh, all the yardage that, that Pat Mahomes ran behind the line of scrimmage, so scrambling out of the pocket, evading the rush, uh, rolling out to his left or right for whatever fucking reason. It totaled 498 yards. That is insane. Insane. The chefs didn't help with about 100 yards of, of first-half penalties and, and drops all day long. <clears throat> uh, Mahomes made some fucking ridiculous throws. Flat out dropped or bounced off receiver's helmets on a couple of occasions. And if those are caught, I think they still lose, but it probably would have made for a better game. The problem with that is, though, if they caught the ball, you'd, you'd be hearing way more about that than what you're hearing, which is every time Pat Mahomes throws a weird ball, uh, it, you know he's a magician, he's this, he's that. But legitimately, he threw a couple balls that were just fucking jaw droppers that, one, he was able to get the ball out, and two get it near one of his guys, just they couldn't catch. So uh, this is the point where I need to mention Tom Brady. At this point, no one is surprised when he does well, regardless of his age. Um, even Even those of us who bet on the chefs, of which there were quite a few, uh, look, I mean, we're not surprised that he played well. We just thought that the Chiefs would win by four. That's all. Uh, whatever snake oil doctor, air quotes, Dr. Guerrero was giving him works wonders. He played what amounts to a flawless football game. No mistakes. And was helped by those penalties, of course. Some were terrible calls. And if this were a closer game, that would have been a uh, a much bigger story. But... Alas, I really see no reason other than his wife and children telling him to retire that he could not play for another four to five years at a top 10 level. Still being a weird fucking guy, 
he's uh he's a terrific football player. And again, going back to my, you know, my post uh, on the gram at Complaints Pod. I took the I took the chefs, suffered the same fate that so many morons across the country have done for the last 20 years, which is betting against Tom Brady is simply foolish. And I've learned my lesson. I bet on the Packers, too. I thought the Packers would fucking beat him. Didn't happen. But look, it breaks down to this. I'm sad. I'm sad. Brady should still be here. That should have been the Patriots, but it's not. Dave Portnoy uh, posted a video on Monday, and, and the sentiment was basically the same as mine, except for the part where he talks about you know exchanging text messages with Tom Brady. And then there was his uh, the the boat parade in Tampa on Wednesday afternoon, uh, where he had you know two Mech Ultras and he was legless. On his fucking seven million dollar boat, or however much I don't. I, we talked about the boat. Oops, sorry. And look, uh, if you want to accuse me of being jealous, that's fine. Uh, I mean, am I jealous that he has the money to buy to spend on a boat? Sure. Am I jealous of the boat? No. Um, but it just it just kind of goes in line with the fact that he's just not a he's not a regular guy. Try as he might, he's not a regular guy at all. And look, I mean, look, it, it works for him. So good good on you, buddy. The guy's on a fucking boat uh, throwing the Lombardi trophy around. It's just odd. I don't know. See what I mean? He's just weird. He's a weird guy. Don't tell me otherwise. But a couple other things uh, have have bothered me a bit, okay? First is the sheer volume of people that are shitting on the Patriots, whether it's uh, Steve Harvey at the uh, NFL Honors Awards, which was essentially just a fucking Patriots roast, and, and not in a funny way. Like, Steve Harvey is a funny guy, and his jokes were terrible, so you should fire those writers. They're probably just, you know, NFL employees. Uh, tons of people on Twitter, lots of people on the, on the TV, Local sports radio people. Um, in one sense, well-deserved. Okay? They didn't have a good year. They didn't make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in another sense, uh, these people are, are seem seem to think that one down year erases 20 years of, uh, of dominance. Tom Brady or no, the New England Patriots, you know, were... Phenomenal for 20 seasons. Shit, I mean, the fucking year that Brady was out, it was still 11. They won 11 games and didn't make the playoffs by a goddamn fluke. So let's settle down, okay? Let's take it down a notch. Uh, get some talent in there. They're going to be fine. It's not the problem. But anyway, I saw Bills fans, as in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, shit-talking the Patriots on Twitter. It's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? If there's one group who needs to just quiet down until they do more than win one playoff game in a season, it's Bill's Mafia. 
And I love these people. Love them. I'm thrilled that the team finally got their shit together. They've built a solid organization, an excellent team, but please refrain from talking shit until you have the ability to talk shit. All right? You have a long way to go. A long way to go until you're on uh, the Patriots level. All right? You want to put billboards up on Route 1? Fine. You're helping small business. Thank you. Although it's probably not a small business, whatever. The other thing that really fucking burns my balls is that suddenly Bill Belichick's a bum because Tom Brady went somewhere else and won. Like the lack of logic here is is flat out astounding. Bill is an excellent coach. We all know that. He was before he got to the Patriots. He will be post Tom Brady. It's almost as if people forget the the the, the decades of success this man has had. <clears throat> Great defensive coordinator for the Giants. Granted, having Lawrence Taylor helped but he wasn't the only guy uh, on that defense and there were times when uh, LT had fucking uh you know th- a trash bag full of coke and and couldn't couldn't play uh he got to Cleveland raw deal there he came into a tough situation inherits a 3 and 13 team proves every year gets to the playoffs for year 3 Wins a playoff game. That's Buffalo Bills level success. In 95, they start 3-1, and one, and then the fucking douchebag owner, Art Modell, says he's uh, moving the team to Baltimore, and that was that. Like, that was the end right there. I mean, the team at that point was like, eh, you know, fuck it. What the hell? How do you concentrate? I don't think you can. Uh, He got... I'm pretty sure he got fired after that season, but I'm also pretty sure that he was told he was going to go to Baltimore uh, and then got fired. I'm almost certain that's how it went. Goes back to New England uh, as the defensive coordinator, and they go to the Super Bowl in 96 because he was the DC for that fucking defense. That 96 defense was good. Like, let's not fool anybody. That was a good defense. And I think they just saw fucking headlights in the Super Bowl. And because old Bill Parcells uh, told everybody he was fucking leaving, regardless of what happened in that game. He's going to the fucking Jets. Bill came back and then built the most dominant franchise in the history of sports. And yes... He did have Tom Brady, one of the most dominant players in the history of sports. But Brady isn't Brady, if not for Bill Belichick. Sorry, that's just fact. He drafted him. Drafted him in the sixth round, because guess what? That's the consensus. I mean, if you saw his, you saw his fucking, his, uh, what the fuck do they call it? Why can't I think? You saw the combine photo. Fuck, that's what it is, combine. You saw the combine picture. There was nothing special about this kid when you saw him. Nothing. And, and 
granted, he got taken in, in number 199. So there were 198 picks before him. But guess what? Bill took him and then kept him. Kept him on the team that whole season. 2000 is the fourth quarterback. That is unheard of. Unheard of. Especially from a guy like him. So he saw something in him. He knew. Did he know he'd be the greatest player ever? No. But he knew. But here's the thing. What would people think if the roles were reversed, okay? Let's say let's say Bill ups and leaves and goes to Green Bay or goes to Seattle. What do you think happens there? Do you think that he doesn't win a Super Bowl? Oh, I do. You mean to tell me that if he goes to Green Bay and has that team that they don't fucking win the Super Bowl? Absolutely. I mean, you you saw what the fuck happened in Green Bay. Coach shit his pants. That's why he lost. And honestly, I think to think otherwise is a, a tad foolish. I needed a drink of water. So my apologies for the stopping in the middle of my fucking Super Bowl point. Anyways, second, uh, the game presentation and the commercials just were not good. Is it just me or was there something with Jim Nance that was a bit off? He seemed um, like a bit slow on multiple occasions, as like taking too long to say something or the occasional stutter or stammer. I don't know. It was odd. It was just, it was as if he was waiting for something. And I, I don't know. I wish I could cite specific points, but I can't. Uh, or maybe I'm just a bit too slow and I dream that whole thing. It's entirely possible. Tony Romo, though, was Tony Romo. I enjoy Tony, so. I'm a tad biased. Uh, the commercials. Most people that don't have a rooting interest uh, look forward to the commercials. This year was hard to pick one that was the best. Uh, the the Bud Light Legends wasn't bad. Um, you know, the I Love You Man at the end was, was, you know, pretty good where he kills the Bud Light Knight, which, you know, whatever. Uh, I've heard no Spuds, Spuds McKenzie. Spuds? There was no Spuds McKenzie. If you're listening to this program, you may be old enough to remember the Spuds McKenzie campaign. If you don't, you should YouTube it. It was very funny. And I'm surprised that he wasn't in it. Would have been good. Maybe they'll, you know, redo it. Maybe they'll bring another Spuds McKenzie back. They could have they could have used a Spuds McKenzie hologram. That would have been cool. Uh, the Doritos 3D was okay. The Tide Costanza was okay. But there were no, like, standouts. Uh, nothing laugh-out-loud funny. Most of the ads were serious and, and uh, you know, talking about how we've we've gotten through this together and yada, yada, yada. And uh, we're going to have a shit ton of commercials for uh, social justice during an NFL broadcast. The NFL that blackballed Colin Kaepernick. So, mm, no hypocrisy there, folks. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. 
Um, and then there was Jeep, who swooped in with what may have been the single worst ad I have ever seen. They have, uh, you know, working class, all American guy, Bruce Springsteen, who's not absurdly rich or anything, just a working class Joe, right? Driving around God knows where in an old Jeep. Doing a voiceover about America. Winds up at a tiny old church. Does a little praying. And suddenly Mr. Asbury Park, New Jersey puts on a fucking cowboy hat and drives away. Followed by a tagline that I hope gets someone fired. Quote, the reunited states of America, end quote. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. Really? Really? As if spending far too much on a fucking car is going to make America all right again, as if it were somehow all right to begin with. I could go on for hours about how much that ad pissed me off and has pissed me off more since because I've seen it a couple more times. But honestly, as with every fucking other thing in, in this godforsaken world, I'm just completely puzzled. Like, the fucking ad wizards behind that, like, that they okayed this thing. Do they live in a fucking bubble? Like, have they missed the last 12 months? Or did they all sit down together, uh, likely on the Zoom, and say, gee, I think things are all swell now that the bad orange man is gone. Yay, Jeep! Like, that has to be the only fucking logical explanation for that commercial. It was, it was gag-worthy. It was terrible. And then, the boss and goes and fucking gets busted for DWI on Wednesday. <laughs> Honestly, what a fucking maroon. Like, what are you doing? I posted a tweet on the uh, the the show's Twitter page, as, also at Complaints Pod. Uh, just another one of these fucking guys that simply just—he's either too stupid, uh, too fucking like prideful, too much pride to call a fucking lift and have them pick you up. Or just pay someone to do it. It's like, really, Bruce? You just were, you were just in a fucking car commercial, and you're out here driving drunk. Oh, it's just so stupid. It just it just adds to the to the stupidity. Of the whole thing. I thought I lost my page. Holy fuck. I got too many goddamn tabs open. Ugh. I'm over here surfing the web while I'm trying to record this stupid fucking show. Anyways, more on that. Uh, more on? More on that. Um, in that vein. Coming up in uh, a bit on Three Gripes. 
a little bit more sports for you. Uh, my wife and I conducted our uh, 2021 football trip helmet selection show on Sunday. Uh, if you've heard, if you heard last week's show, you, you get the gist. But if you didn't, basically, we have a bucket with all the helmets, and uh, we pick one. If we don't like it, we throw it back in. We pick another, uh, and that's where we're going to see a game. Uh, it's a fun thing to do. I like the randomness of it. I have a buddy. Uh, Matt, who likes to say, you can just fucking go wherever you want. It's What fun is that? We'd, we'd go to the same place every year. Like, what's the point? That's why the randomness is good. <clears throat> so this year, helmet number one was the Washington football team. Right away, Jen was not happy with this pick. Well, I love the idea of going to D.C. Uh, there's not a fucking chance in hell I'm giving a single dime to that snake Dan Snyder. So back in the bucket, it went. Uh, the second helmet belonged to the Houston Texans. So very good. We're headed to Houston in 2021. Very excited. Looking forward to that. Um, I've actually been to a Texans game uh, a couple years ago, went on a work trip. And so I went with my uh, boss at the time. It was certainly it was an excellent time. Enjoyed it, but I'm certain that Jen and I will have an even better time, so I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of pluses, though, to Houston, really. I saw a, a quote from the legend Billy Gibbons who says, It all comes back to great music and Mexican food. Well, sign me the fuck up. Looking forward to that. Uh, NASA Mission Control is there. A bunch of art museums. The Cheating Astros. Something called the Beer Can House. The National Museum of Funeral History, the world's longest car wash, a Hobbit cafe. See what I mean? All kinds of, of, of stuff. It'll be fun. We'll probably end up going someplace else in Texas, too. You know, we try to spread out a little bit, uh, see other things. Um, the first trip we went to it was for, for a Packers game, which... I think I said on the show before, if you ever get the chance to go to a Packers game, please do it. It's fucking a blast. We flew into Chicago, um, hung out in Chicago, went to Milwaukee, hung out in Milwaukee, uh, went up to Green Bay, then drove back to Chicago and hung out in Chicago for a little longer. It was a fucking phenomenal trip, honestly. We've got this travel thing down, my wife and I, so... You know, I the only like Houston is kind of far-ish away from the rest of the uh, the major cities. Like Austin's like two and a half hours, San Antonio's two and a half hours. So it could be a thing where we do the one way to to Austin or one way to San Antonio or whatever. But yeah, you know, I want to see a little bit more of Texas because I've spent no time there, um, other than that trip down to uh, down to Houston. It was I mean it was a work trip so we're in Dallas and Houston and it was well you know it was again it was fine but it was a work trip so we couldn't really do much of anything um, but I've been to Texas twice for work trips this will be the first uh, leisure trip to uh, the great state of Texas Tejas for my Spanish speaking listeners of which there are zero. 
but um yeah so houston should be fun You're getting a short show today, folks. I uh, don't really know why. It just happened to turn out that way, but what can you do? Uh, I got done with work and started like writing out the script, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. Um, ill-prepared. As usual, ill-prepared. But that's all right. That's enough sports. Um, let's get to the meat of the show. And as it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. Gripe number one. Oh, shit. Okay. That wasn't the end of sports. I apologize. Uh, I had this noted as a gripe, and um, it's sportsy. Well, you know what? I mean, it's sportsy, but not entirely sportsy. Um, nepotism. And specifically, we're talking about... Uh, Kansas City Chefs uh, head coach, Andy Reid, and his son, Britt. Uh, for those of you that may not know, Britt had a few pops, a couple prescribed Adderalls, and, and left uh, the Chiefs facility for his 30-mile ride home. Now, it's not known if he had those pops at the Chiefs facility, but it's sort of you know assumed uh, because theoretically he was working. Uh, during that ride home, he rear-ends a car that resulted in his hospitalization, but more importantly, uh, a five-year-old girl is currently sitting, uh, or lying, I should say, in a hospital in a fucking coma. And that sort of ties into what I said earlier about, uh, Bruce Stringstein. Uh, why not just call a fucking lift? I, I mean, what, what's the harm there? I mean, you, you would assume they'd probably get some praise for doing that amongst uh, some of the, you know, goody two-shoes folks that might cover the Chiefs. Who knows? But look, I get it. I've been there. I'm just as guilty as everyone else when I, I say that, look, I've driven drunk before. Uh, however, uh, this kid's dad is about to coach in the Super Bowl. And he's already been in prison, Brit. Uh, for running a drug ring with his brother. Uh, and you know, just to top it off, he's put his father through enough shit over the course of his life. So uh, Britt here is the last person that should be doing anything while, while drunk, let alone driving. In reality, the entire situation is sad as hell for a number of different reasons. Uh, you know, this kid is, he clearly has long-standing issues. His dad probably wasn't the biggest part of his life for a long time. And his brother, um, Garrett, yeah, Garrett, uh, was a drug, drug addict and eventually lost his life to heroin. Britt himself was busted for selling drugs, as I mentioned, with Garrett out of the family home. There's a ton of shit there. Like, it's just, it's it's layer upon layer of shit. And yet he's, he's managed to get uh, what amounts to a golden ticket. But now he, he's managed to fuck up multiple lives. Not, not just his, his own, 
not just his father and his mother, but this poor five-year-old kid who, um, you know, who knows how that's going to turn out. And look, it's just not worth it. When you're in that type of situation, you have to be smarter. You know, if you're a fucking dipshit nobody like me, what the fuck does it matter? But my my thing that I was thinking about is how, do, how does no one with the Chiefs, like, wrangle this guy in and make sure he didn't fucking drive? The NFL is just toxic masculinity. Toxic. Wouldn't surprise me if at some point you hear some shit like, quote, Chiefs coaches knew he was drunk but didn't do enough to stop him. And there'll be an interview with another coach like, well, you know, I told him, Britt, you shouldn't drive. And then nothing happened. It's bullshit. Now this poor five-year-old girl uh, is, is fucked for life. If That's if she pulls through. You know, fingers crossed. I mean, I sure hope. I hope the doctors can help her out. But she's fucked. Family's fucked. This dude, Brit, he's fucked. They're all fucked. It's a shame. It's a goddamn shame. Gripe number two. Overpaying for a shitty meal. Now, I am all about uh, supporting local biz. And eating at a local restaurant seems to be all the rage these days, right? And we're told as much. Uh, through uh, advertising by a national, uh, you know, companies. And so there are many ways for lazy assholes like myself to support local establishments through some of these extortion outfits like DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and whatever else. Look, I've used them all, and I hate them all. Although I've become uh, somewhat fond of Slice, uh, the pizza app. They have a singular focus. Um, And it's, you know, it's pizza, hence the name. They seem to extort far less from the shops than some of the rest of these fuckers. So, but my biggest problem with the rest of them is that these restaurants have uh, rightly jacked up the prices of their food in order to make working with the door dashes of the world uh, worthwhile for them. And this is my quandary. For example, uh, we like the 99. The 99 restaurant. You'll always come back for more. That was the old jingle, which was better than the current jingle, seeing as I can't remember what the current jingle is. Anyway, um, the closest 99 is a bit too far away for me to jump in the old Honda Fit and make my way over, so we occasionally will door dash it. Now, so so we're paying the, the 10 to 20% bump, plus the delivery fees, plus the service fee, plus a regulatory response fee, plus a tip, and now we're up to 72 bucks. $72 for three meals, as in this uh, example, my mother-in-law decided to get in on the fun. So, I mean, what the fuck's, what, what's going on here, right? Now, the kicker is that when you get your order, finally, it always arrives cold. Always. Never fucking fails. No matter what you get. 
we also we'll we'll go to Chipotle. We'll get Chipotle, and that shit never comes out the same way ever. It's always like half fucking portions. It sucks. So now you have to reheat the food, right? And occasionally the the order might be just flat out wrong. Well, now what? Well, you complain to DoorDash and they give you some random, uh, relatively arbitrary refund amount. Will 12.5% make this problem go away? Of course it will. I was too fucking lazy to go and pick it up myself. Do you think I'm going to do more to rectify the problem than open the app and type food bad? Fuck no. And you're 100% right, four listeners. I should get off my fat, lazy ass, get in the car, go pick it up myself. I know. Thank you. Fuck off. My other thing with DoorDash, right? Why are the pictures always wrong? My local hibachi restaurant sure as shit doesn't sell tuna subs. They don't. Uh, that would be a great picture for uh, D'Angelo's sub shops, but uh, according to DoorDash, all they sell there is bottles of uh, Dole Pink Lemonade. Even Five Guys. Like the Five Guys, and they're showing a strawberry shake. Like, I don't know if it's just my app. I don't know what's going on. It's another one of those things that you see, and it just fucking fries my ass. You're going to blow smoke up our ass constantly about how we need to support small business. Like that fucking Uber Eats commercial during the Super Bowl. Fuck you, Uber Eats. You don't give two shits. You're extorting money from these people. Don't tell me otherwise. In a company like DoorDash, who I've done work for, with, not for, with in the past. And it seems like they're run by a bunch of fucking, uh, I don't know. What, what are they, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, bunch of fucking frat guys. It's, it's the impression I get from these people. Oh, they're the fucking worst. But the, the big national chains, though, like uh, McDonald's and Wendy's and fucking Taco Bell, fuck Taco Bell, all their pictures are perfect. But I'm really supposed to believe that DoorDash gives a shit about local restaurants. They don't fucking care. So my point is that there's nothing worse than overpaying for shitty food. Uh, gripe number three. Sales. I fucking hate sales. Okay, that's it for the show. Um, thanks for thanks for listening. If you've managed to stick around, it, it, this was a, let's see, the fuck was that? I was not having a stroke. Relax. Just fucking fat and stupid and tripping over my tongue. It was a short show. All right. Uh, I had some energy after work, so I be, I'm like, you know what? I better, I better fucking bang this out, or you're gonna get tired, Dave. Like you've gotten in the past, and no one wants to listen to that shit. It's a terrible, it's a terrible product. It's a terrible product. I'd really hope to have a uh, a guest on here uh, today. Didn't happen again. You let us down, Greg. But uh, as I've said eighteen thousand times in the past. Uh, if you want to be on the show, please let me know. Love to have you. We'll literally talk about anything. I still have irons in the fire. You know what sucks about like getting turned down uh, to be on your shitty podcast? I mean, the, the problem is everybody has a fucking podcast, okay? 
It's like you tell someone, hey, go check out my podcast. And like, what is that? Like, it's just some fucking asshole talking behind a microphone. That's literally 95% of podcasts. Trying to build an audience and, and, you know, I'm not looking to make any money off of this fucking thing. That's the, that's the fucking ridiculous thing. If I wanted to, I probably still wouldn't because who the fuck's going to listen to this crap? But I mean, I've put some effort into this nonsense, you know? Right, what, like nine months or so? 62 fucking episodes. And if you listen to the, to the episode of my friend Sarah, and she made a good point, like, you know, most of these fucking things don't get past 50. Shit, most of these things don't get past 10. I'm at 62. I'm, I'm pumping out weekly content. It's crap, but it's content nonetheless, right? So if you want to be on the show, let me know. Love to have you. We'll talk about any fucking thing that you want to talk about. Um, if you want to be on the show but not on the show, you can always call in and leave a fucking voicemail, 617-65-RIP-EM. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Don't sit there and tell me you don't have something to complain about. You don't know someone who wants to complain about something. That should be the fucking play. Every single time somebody complains... Maybe I should just have cards made up that have the number on it. And then if you complain, you just hand them the card. Here's your card. No, nope, that's terrible. Don't do that. Um, but if somebody has a complaint, if somebody's whining and bitching and complaining to you, tell them, hey, call this number and tell them. Tell them your complaint. You have kids and they're fucking complaining? Put your kids on the phone. I'll rip them to shreds. Bums. Uh, you can check out the Instagram page at Complaints Pod, Twitter page at Complaints Pod. You can shoot me an email, show mail at complaintsandobservations.com. I do have a website, complaintsandobservations.com. I never use it. I'm throwing money down the drain. Uh, I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I haven't used. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to use it and, and put something on there, but I won't uh, because I'm a lazy good for nothing. But 617-65-RIP-EM. 61765 rip them. Give me a call. Leave a message. Let's let's uh let's complain. That's the whole fucking idea. Of it's a it's a vessel. I'm a vessel for your feelings. <laughs> oh man. You know, if I didn't make myself laugh with this crap, I wouldn't be doing it. But I find it fun. Like, uh, I always wanted to be a radio guy, but, you know, I don't have a radio voice. So there's that. Too much stammering and stuttering and gah and any who's and any wells, you know? See, now I'm rambling. I don't know where this energy came from, but here it is. So anyways, that's it. Listen, thank you so much for listening to the program. I really do appreciate it. I mean that from the bottom of my cold black heart. Thank you. Please, for the love of fucking God, tell your friends to listen to the show. This one wasn't bad. It was only fucking 40 minutes. Who doesn't have 40 minutes to put something on in the background and maybe pay attention for three seconds and say, oh, what was that? It was nothing. It was just some asshole talking through your speakers. Tell your friends. Um, but seriously, that's it. All done. Uh, please, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.
speech. I am speechless. <laughs>